Hi guys, welcome back to Somewhere in Horror, a podcast dedicated to all things within the horror realm and genre. As always, I am your host, Justin, and today we're going to be talking about The Little Heaven story by Nick Cutter. It is the last of the three books I am reviewing for Nick Cutter, and yeah, um, I just finished it literally like five minutes ago before recording this, and yeah, it's it's really... Um, really something. The book came out in 2017, January 10th to be more specific. And I'll read you the synopsis that I'll get into some spoiler territory. And then we will conclude with my thoughts on the book as a whole. And then kind of talk a little bit about my thoughts of Nick Cutter based on all three of his major novels as a whole. Um, so from electrifying horror author Nick Cutter comes a haunting new novel reminiscent of Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian and Stephen King's It, in which a trio of mismatched mercenaries is hired by a young woman for a deceptively, for a deceptively simple task. Check in on her nephew, who may have been taken against his will to a remote New Mexico backwoods settlement called Little Heaven. Shortly after they arrive, things begin to turn ominous. Stirrings in the woods and over the treetops, the brooding shape of a monolith known as the Black Rock casts its terrible pall. Paranoia and distrust grips the settlement. The escape routes are gradually cut off as events spiral towards madness hell, or the closest thing to it, invades little heaven. The remaining occupants are forced to take a stand and fight back, but whatever has cast its dark eye on little heaven is now marshalling its powers, and it wants them all. So, the three mercenaries in question, our three main characters, are going to be Minerva, uh, Ebenezer and Micah. Minerva and Ebenezer have kind of a grudge that Ebenezer never really knows. He is a black British man who is a hitman for hire. Uh, one of his hits so happened to be Minerva's father. And shortly after her father died, um, her brother died uh, in the woods. Uh, it was a snake that killed her brother, and when she got the braves to do it, she killed the snake and kept its skull as a reminder of the dreadful night that both her father and brother were lost. And she is seeking vengeance against Ebenezer. Um, Micah is another hitman who winds up getting in, in the mix of Micah or uh, Minerva and Ebenezer and he's in Ebenezer's sights and Ebenezer is the one to he thought would kill him but it didn't kill him it just destroyed his eyeball and 
he basically was, except for, well, he, he fractured his orbital, but he's pretty much unscathed, um, except for the missing eye. So this unlikely trio comes together uh, because all of them wind up wanted and they kind of start their own little bounty enterprise together where they all have the same cabin that they all go to in the midst of different plans and then disperse and then later come back months, weeks, even a couple of years later, but they always come back to that same cabin and they always still reconvene. Um, Minerva and Ebenezer become like business friends. In a sense, there is like, well, frenemies would be the better term. Um, but the grudge remains until the very end. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the end as well. But they are hired by a woman named uh, Ellen. And Ellen is very concerned that her son, her, her nephew Nate... And his father have been taken against their will to a compound known as Little Heaven. Little Heaven is really, in essence, the mixture of Jim Jones's little cult and a little bit on the side of... Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But it's basically like Jim Jones's cult. And all these children and all these people follow a man named Amos Flesher. And Amos is our Jim Jones character. He is the same kind of preacher as Jim Jones with the same stature and insane mind as Charles Manson. Um, Amos is very, very evidently a terrible person. Before he's even introduced, well, right off the bat, right when he's introduced, he is a terrible human being. Um, the backstory, essentially, he was an orphan that grew up uh, the entire time in this orphanage. And his entire childhood life was spent in this place and being abused by the sisters who knew he was in one way or another, unholy. And he has a fun time torturing the special orphans at this place. Specifically one who he decides to just keep poking and prodding to see if he even feels any pain. And quite the opposite seems to happen. Um, which wound up becoming a big thing for Amos, which is manipulation and power. So this role perfectly fit him, and he happily resides over all these people. Um, in the mix of all of this, though, there are demonic or even alien entities. They never really fully define what it is. Um, they give a definition towards the end, but 
only towards one of them. And the other is known as the Long Walker. The Long Walker is essentially a mimic type character that also has a Pied Piper-like sense of influence. Um, It's described with long nails, long, thin body, extremely thin neck. And the entire time I was picturing the Long Walker, I was thinking of... um, There was the evil within. The, The character that is Spider Woman with her long brooding hair and pale body um, and spider-like appendages. Um, That's the entire way that I thought of the Long Walker. I'm sure there's a little bit more detail that I just kind of slipped from, but man, um, its powers include manipulating nature and being able to even turn animals into basically monstrosities and combining animals together into chimeras. Um, And some of its manipulation tactics also include um, almost like a Salem's Lot type demonic hold on the children. Um, When I say Salem's Lot, I'm referring to the film and I'm referring to the scene where I forget what his name is in Salem's Lot, but he, a character is right outside of the window, tapping on the door or tapping on the glass, trying to be invited in all the while his eyes are white. His smile is just devilish and he is flying. Um, It's one of those scenes that sticks with you and very much so is presented in this book uh, in the very same vein Um, and it's very, very well done. The entire book, you're seeing this congregation kind of fall apart. The children, since their teacher slash nurse has had to leave due to injury, have become sadistic little monsters. They abuse animals for fun and abuse Nate for fun, kind of singling him out as the weakling. And just torturing him. Um, Even the kids that Nate was somewhat kind of friends with before. Kind of picked up on this torture. And this fun. And have joined in with no remorse. So it's, it's it's pretty stark to think about during just the beginning of this. They've already been introduced to these cryptid. Uh, creatures, man, I'm stuttering so bad today. Um, these demonic cryptid creatures, and they are presented with a hostile camp with just an insane preacher. So, to add all to the all of this together, just to make things worse, one of the kids who is Eli, who is the main bully, gets taken. And they all have to go on a search for him, um, except for Ebenezer, who winds up injured very early on in the book. And 
in the meantime, he's trying to just watch over Nate and try and kind of infiltrate the camp and try and understand who these people are. Um, so on the search for Eli, they wind up finding him, but Eli doesn't come back the same. He comes back pale. He comes back just demonic himself. He is very much uh, a walking, decaying corpse or like a zombie vampire hybrid kind of deal. It's it's explained in a very vague terms, but there are scenes where he spews out bugs and his body is just greasy and grimy and pale and gritty. Um, and Amos at one point, just to try and get this matter taken care of himself, tries to kill the kid, but the kid doesn't die. The kid, in fact, is well alive right after and just torturing Amos. Um, and in, in this book, you're starting to try and figure out who is behind these cryptids. Is this all part of Amos's plan? Is this all kind of something that he's known about this entire time? Or is he just clueless and being dragged along for the ride. Um, you later do find out some details about Amos and his involvement, but not... He's very clueless. Um, he's clueless, he's an asshole, he's a monster. Um, but he has no idea what these creatures are, and for the most part, he's pretty much blind throughout this book um and then when he finally does come in to the knowledge of what these things are he becomes full cult leader full jim jones won't spoil any of that for you but if you know the jim jones story you you know basically what happens um but he is just a gleeful bastard, and he does get his comeuppance, thank God. Um, and you see a lot more of this terrifying creature, and you finally, towards the end, realize what is going on and has been going on is much greater and much more sinister than you may believe. Um... I got this book mostly because I really love cult stories. I don't get a lot of them. I don't read a lot of them. And I don't have... I have a couple in my possession, but I haven't gotten around to them yet. But cults are terrifying. And they are fascinating in the way there they work the inner workings of a cult and how it all begins um i find it absolutely fascinating so going into this you get to see the inner workings of this cult you get to see the the before and after of these sermons that amos goes through you get to see these blind ded dedicated uh people brainwashed by religious fear and 
Yeah, it's it's very frightening. It's very unsettling. Nick Cutter definitely wrote in this book a perfect atmosphere. I'm using Nick Cutter because I forgot his name. Um, but I do remember Nick Cutter. Nick Cutter is one of those names that's like very cool pseudonym. Um, very standout-ish. But yeah... The the cult part is what pulled me in. The demonic aspect is what kept me in. And I was very interested the entire book. The pacing is pretty long and there are certain parts that don't really need to be there. Um, in the beginning, I really thought the first like four chapters, I'm like, where is this going? And it really doesn't get started until they get to the compound, which is like, I want to say 50 to 100 pages in. Um, roughly around 50 to 100 pages in. I forget. I am a very forgetful person right now. I am tired. I am, I've been a little stressed about my upcoming marriage, uh, my wedding. So, yeah. But still wanted to bring you guys content. Um, this book was fantastic once it got started. The start is super slow, but once it pulls you in, it keeps you there because the atmosphere is just so good. It is claustrophobic because once again, Nick Cutter is working in a closed space and it just works, especially with a group of people that already don't trust you for being an outsider. Um, I haven't read Blood Meridian, by the way. Um, but I have read a lot of it. And I do see the factors of it, especially towards the end where they fight uh, one big entity. They wind up going into the Black Rock and the Black Rock essentially works the same as the sewer tunnels. Um, there's more to it, obviously, and it's built, uh, it's built differently than it obviously, but the long walker kind of works like it in that aspect. And the main, main reason, the full plot device of this book and the whole reason this book exists lies within black rock. I won't give that away. Because it is a wild aspect to that story that I didn't see coming. Uh, it's not like a plot twist, just a plot thickener. And it works. Um, yeah. I think this book really does have a Stephen King influence. And it really is a gritty, but also, for the most part, except for the, the, the demonic cryptid aspect... The cult works very much like a standard cult. It is very, very realistic. Um, and it's terrifying. So, altogether, what I'm trying to say is this book is fantastic. I do recommend reading it. The pacing in the beginning is slow. There are its slow spots and valleys for a couple chapters here and there, but... Altogether, it is a great book. It is a great read. I'm giving this book a four out of five stars. 
Um, out of these books that I have read from Nick Cutter, I believe the best for me is going to be The Troop. If, and it, honestly, it's the exact same order I read them. The Troop, The Deep, and then Little Heaven. Um, they're all fantastic books, and one isn't going to be much more superior than the other, but by comparison, the times I had with the three, I would say the troop is the best of those times, Little Heaven, more so because of its heavy words, heavy wordedness. It's very, it's a thick book in comparison, um... For those aspects, it kind of pales in comparison. The pacing is much better than uh, Little Heaven. So now let's talk about Nick Cutter as a whole. I love Nick Cutter, and I have come to know that his work is very heavy with atmosphere. He knows how to work tension, and he understands the human condition in a way that he can write characters that feel so real and so human, so flawed in the ways that they work, that it just works out perfectly. Um, He loves... There, there. With every book that he writes, there is a an aspect of horror involving uh, the punishment and cruelty of animals to towards animals, um, whether it be the childlike sense or the knowing torturous sense. It is there in all three of these books. If you don't want to see a scene where there is a harm being done to an animal. Don't read them. Like, the, these, the scenes still have their purpose in the books, and I get that. But if you're triggered by cruelty towards animals to where you'll put a book down, don't read the books, because each one of these has fairly disturbing and fairly sad uh, moments where there is animal cruelty. Um... It's not enough for me to drop the book, but it is one of those things that makes me set the book down for a minute because the animals that he chooses to harm are such innocent and kind animals. Um, With the troop, it was the turtle, which that was what set it off the worst to me. Um, In the deep, it was the dog, which hurt like a son of a bitch but not as bad as the turtle and this this book involves the slow agonizing torture and death of a shrew which shrews are just little adorable little rodents um and again very tragic very painful very sad um he writes these to thicken the plot and to drive certain aspects of each character out. Um, which, at least, there's that aspect to the moments that happen. But 
Yeah. Um, and then he loves body horror. He loves the destruction and detailing of the destruction of the human form. He can detail gore very well, and it is always a pleasure to see what he does to these characters, especially the shitty ones. Um, the comeuppance of Amos in this book is a little underwhelming in comparison to what happens to um, Clayton in The Deep and what happens to Shelley in The Troop, but it is still nonetheless pretty satisfying and pretty disturbing. And as a, as a whole, his books are fantastic. And as a whole, if you are getting into horror and you want to get into the shallow end, so to speak, it's still pretty, pretty deep down in the paranoia aspects. But if you want to get into the deeper ends of gore with, with novels, I think you'd probably start out with something like this. Because it's not as graphic as I've read before, but it's still, like, steps above, like, let's say... What's a good comparison? I would say it's no Hellraiser, but it's also no Misery. Sure, let's go with Misery. It's not as toned down violence-wise as Misery, but... It's not as extreme as Hellraiser. So there's that comparison. It might stick. It might not make sense to you. But that's the comparison I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Nick Cutter is a fantastic writer. And I kind of wish this author did more. Um, I know the other two works aren't really as far into horror as the others and I know that the author has another pseudonym where he's done extreme horror but I hear those are kind of hard to get because I believe they are out of print um but yeah this has been my trilogy of Nick Cutter these have been my thoughts of Nick Cutter as an author and I hope you guys have enjoyed my ride into this genre, into this author. And yeah, I don't have anything planned for next week. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be reviewing Cobweb. Um, and then for October, I'm going to probably be doing film reviews more than book reviews. I'm probably just going to stick with film reviews. And then... My dear listeners, I have to take probably the holiday season off. I am getting married the beginning of November, and then I have the holidays to think about as far as Thanksgiving and December go, and I kind of just want to keep that with with family. Um, it may it, it's it might be weird to kind of drop the podcast for a month or two because I have started getting that schedule of doing a podcast and keeping my my reading and my what my viewership up as far as watching 
stuff on Shudder or the horror films on Hulu or HBO. But it is what it is. I am still going to stick with family and I'm going to call it a day at that. Um, You'll get Halloween for the Halloween season for me. And then you might not see me for probably until January, maybe February. And yeah, that is the plan. And I hope you all can understand. Um, For Somewhere in Horror, I have been Justin, your host. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at somewhereinhorror underscore podcast. Message me, comment what you want me to read next. If you feel like hitting me up and wanting to advertise your stuff, send me copies. I will read it. Or tell me where I can buy your stuff. I will probably get into it and read it. Um, I'm open to ideas. I'm open to film and and books and TV shows that you guys want to recommend to me. Regardless of where you want me to watch them on, I'll find a way. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. And... I love you all for being viewers and listeners, not viewers, listeners. Um, I love you all for coming and listening to me talk like a a madman, a stuttering maniac um, about the genre that I love. And I just appreciate all of you. And I hope you guys do well. I hope everyone has a good spooky season. And until next time, stay spooky bad, bad line to end on, but it's what I had. Thanks guys.